0: What could you say? But you could say this in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, I alone know the plans that I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future that you hope for. And then you will call to me. And you will come and pray to me, and I will answer you. Come on now. I know in this place, you can go ahead and be seated. There's a lot of, a lot of treasures out of darkness that are in this room right now. And the word that the Lord gave me for you tonight was to let you know to stop letting the devil keep you down. Stop letting the devil dictate what you're going to do tomorrow. You got to listen to what saith the Lord. Because so many times we're being bombarded every day with all kinds of choices and situations and answers to problems that people say that this is the way to go and this is the way how you do it and you have to do this and you got to get an education and you're being bombarded by your family. You're being bombarded by your bosses. You're being bombarded by neighbors and relatives and everybody's telling you. But have you stopped To listen to what the Lord is telling you. Have you stopped and listened to what the men of God have been telling you? Have you stopped and listened to what the women of God have been conveying to you with their lives? That God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for your life. And God has a future for your life. And God gave you hope so that you would realize that all these things that God has given to you and has promised to you will come to pass. But you got to grab a hold of what thus saith the Lord. Because a lot of voices are going out in the world today. A lot of things are happening. A lot of things are taking place. And a lot of things that we grew up that we figured were going to be good have turned around to destroy lives and has hurt our feelings and have destroyed the plans that we had. But God has given you a future, Victory Outreach. And I'm talking to you, East Bay. I'm talking to you, Hayward, Oakland, Fremont. God has given you a vision. But are you seeing the vision that God has placed before you? Or are other things getting in your way? Are other things getting in in, in view of what God is doing in your life? You know, the Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16 through 17. And I'm going to read it out of the Living Translation. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. And ask for the old godly way. And then walk in it. Travel its path, and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, no thanks. That's not the way we want to go. And then I posted a watchman over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we won't pay attention. You see, you have to understand something here today. That a lot of the setbacks that you have in your life and a lot of the things that are holding you down and a lot of the things that are keeping you from, from going forward and getting to that next level, a lot of those things are, are, are setting you back because of the faith that you have. You see, Gary, King, or, 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 or not Gary, but, but Eddie came up here and he said something, and, and I was going to use that same scripture, and I said, this guy stole my scripture. Don't get weary in doing good. For a due season, you will reap. How many don't like going through changes? How many of you don't like going through changes? As a matter of fact, when somebody tells you go pray about it, what's the first thing you do? That's not what I want to hear. Yeah. Microwave it or put it in a toaster oven, but tell me something other than go pray. Because I've been praying and it seems like nothing's happening, and it seems like the more I'm praying and the more I'm over here pressing in, things are getting worse. I'm over here not having a job or I'm over here owing money and I'm over here getting up to debt and I'm over here losing finances and the church is telling me to pay tithes and, and give an offering and do this and and don't they realize that I'm in a lot of pressure financially and I'm going through a lot of changes in my home and in my job and I'm all kind of caught up with bills up to here and I, I've been praying and praying and I can't see nothing. Sound familiar? I'm not talking to the ministers here tonight. I'm talking to the church members. I'm talking to the one that sits in the back row, thinking about somewhere else that he could be tonight. I'm thinking about the one that cringed when Eddie said we could have church all night long. And all of a sudden, you started like, oh, my God, sit that man down. I thought Pastor Larry was going to preach. Get him out of there. Huh? Singing one song after the next song, after the next song. My God, don't they know I got a job? Don't they know I got to be to work in the morning? Don't they know that I got to go home and I got to watch my TV program and then go to bed and then get up? You see, when God called you, he didn't make no mistake. You see, a lot of times we get so churchy and so caught up in the everyday routine of being a Christian that we fail to realize that we're not where we're supposed to be at. Some of you guys came from the worst of the worst. This morning I was sharing the testimony of a young man that came through our doors from being a heroin addict and how God touched his life. And how God gave him a family, now God's given him a job. But I tell that young man, don't get weary. You keep remembering who called you and what you're supposed to do. Because it's very easy for us to forget where we came from. It's real easy for us to, who had nothing. All of a sudden, now we have something. When all of a sudden, we had no responsibilities. Now we got responsibilities. And now because we got these responsibilities, we're all grown up. We're all men now. We're all women now. Or I'm a dad now. I'm a mama now. Why? Because I finally came to my senses that I have responsibilities. Huh? But you forget who woke you up to those responsibilities. See, a lot of times we look and say, yeah, God is on the move. God is going good. God is doing this. God is doing that. But if you look around, if you look around you, there's still a lot of people dying. There's still a lot of people hurting. There's still a lot of people searching for answers and looking all every way but up. And we're walking around saying praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah, yeah, 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 this. But people are still dying. People are still hurting. And sometimes in the process of change, as God gets us from one place to the next, sometimes in that process of change, time comes. And sometimes it looks like nothing's happening. Sometimes it looks like, Well, I started out, everything was okay, but all of a sudden, it just something died out. You see everybody jumping and and moving around and getting all glorified and praising the Lord, and you're like, how come I don't feel that? You go and you see the people, there they go up in the front, acting a fool. Everybody's over there trying to dance, they don't know how to dance. They don't know whether to lift their hands or start pop locking. They don't know what to do. Huh? There they go again. What's so big about that? Some of you even dreaded to come tonight. You only came because your pastor's either preaching or your pastor told you, you better come. You're a leader. You better come. The men's home. You got to (laughs) come. But in the process of change, there's a time period in change where it's dry. And a lot of times, in that dryness, is where we lose it. Because all of a sudden, we begin to stop waiting for God and stop getting excited at what God is going to do and we get so caught up in the dryness that all of a sudden it's business as usual, but now at a different level Huh right, yeah. now it's different Why because you're not a drug addict anymore? You're not a gang member no more You're not down out now. You now you got a little more class You come to church with suits on you come looking dignified you don't match the Bible with your shoes if you, you ladies could wear hats, you'd wear hats. But it becomes routine. It becomes routine, and then all of a sudden, we kind of like get cut off of what God wants to do and the purpose why He called you from that darkness into the light. See, there's a lot of people that have been serving the Lord for a few years now, and I still don't see them moving. They've been in the house of God for a long time. But there's no, nothing moving. Somewhere down the line, when they got into that frame of change, that dryness came and it stopped them. It's held them. They're like frozen in time. They're not going backwards, but they're not going forward. They come to church know how to say amen hallelujah glory to God shake the pastor's hand drop him a 20 every now and then to keep him quiet (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) pastors you want to get blessed start rebuking some of your leaders and start dogging them and watch them come real quick god bless you pastor (laughs) yeah I've been around. <laughs> Had it happen a whole lot of times. Come and drop me a 50, hoping that I change and not get mad at them. See, but you got to understand, in that change, when that dryness comes, that's the time that you really got to press in and remember, the Scripture says, Remember the former victories that were once yours. Remember the rock that you were hewing from. Remember the ways of old. Remember the old path. Remember when you first came to the Lord and gave your life to Jesus, how much you loved God and how much you loved the Word and how much you couldn't wait to get to those all-night prayer meetings. You were the first one to stand in line when they said, Let's go to the streets. What happened? What happened? There's a scripture that we all familiar with in Revelations, right? You know it. This one thing I have against you that you lost your first love. You know that scripture, right? Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, right? Oh, you want me to read it for you, right? That's why you're looking at me, right? You going well, to read it? I'll read it. But I have this against you, that you are turned away from your first love. So keep in mind where you were at first. It's a different translation. And be changed in heart. And do the first works, or I will come to you, and I will take away your lamp from its place. And if your hearts are not changed... You'll lose it. Why are you saying this to us? Because we're trying to convey to you God has called you, God has a plan for you, God has a future for you, God has a destiny for you. What's keeping you from the destiny? What's keeping you from fulfilling the vision that has been laid before you where your forefathers have preached conference after conference after conference after conference that God has called you since the beginning of time, that there's a calling in your life, that God has a plan and a future, that God has just for you that purpose is to do and do the will of God and to do with all your heart and your mind and your soul. What happened? What happened? What happened? Don't look at me like that. Why aren't you doing what God called you to do? But I am. How do you know? Well, I I, I am. Ask yourself, what did God call you to do? Ask yourself. Don't tell nobody. Just ask within yourself. What has God called you to do? And then ask yourself, are you doing it? No, I'm trying to. Uh, um, I think I am. Those aren't answers. Those aren't answers, beloved. You see, when God called you, he gave you exactly the remedy what to do to fulfill what your purpose is. He gave you everything. He gave you even his Holy Spirit and the power of it and everything you need to fulfill what God has called you to do. God is calling you to separate yourself from the world and separate yourself from the things of the world. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, so that you can show the word of God and show forth the testimony of God and show forth the glory of God so that you don't have to call any special speakers in here to lay hands on people. Come over here. I will, I will only grow your legs. I will not only grow your heart, but I will heal you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That in his name, in his name, whatever we ask, whatever you ask, whatever. Have you been asking him lately? Why ain't you getting it? Come on, church. We're not the secondhand church. Uh-huh. We're not the First Church of the Frigidaire. We're not Salvation Army. We're not the Segunda. We're Victory Outreach. No, I said we're Victory Outreach. We're Victory Outreach. Hey, I'm proud of that name. I shed a lot of tears, a lot of blood, and a lot of heartache for that name. And I'll be crazy if anybody's going to come and tell me that Victor Outreach ain't a called by God church. I think Victor Outreach is one of the best organizations, ministries, in the whole entire world. You should be proud to walk around saying, I am Victory Outreach." You're famous. Yeah. People say, "Oh, what church you're going to?" Be? Oh, oh, I know that church. Yeah. Oh, I hear great things about that everywhere I go, oh, man. Where's your? Oh, Victory. Oh, man. Yes, yeah. You know that church that does that play? Uh uh, 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 eighteen with a bullet, or I mean, uh, 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 uh. uh. <laughs> I go. Yeah, I, I, we know it. Oh, I got saved. I'm going to this church over here, and I'm a deacon at this church. Or, or I run a women's ministry at this church, and it's all because of that, that drama called the Victory Outreach. People came to our neighborhood and did that drama, and man, now God is using me to do great and mighty things for his honor and glory, and I just love that church. But sometimes, I always, always trip on this, and pastors can bear witness It's why some people look at this ministry. What else is new, Pastor? You got to know what you got. You got to know this, that God has placed you in a ministry that has a vision and has a purpose, has destiny, has everything that any person could ever want to do for God. The sky is the limit. Let me tell you this. The sky is the limit, men's home. You want to be a preacher? You can be a preacher. You want to be an evangelist? You can be an evangelist. You want to be a teacher? You can be a teacher. You can be anything you want in Victory Outreach. Actor, singer, rapper, whatever. You can be whatever you want. If you go according to the plans of God, the will of God. Because we're just not, we're a good ministry, but we're not just a fly-by-night ministry. It's, a, it's an order-driven church. It's, it's, it has mandates. It has, it has responsibilities. You see, we are people that are not fooling around when we say that God has given us a plan and God has given us a purpose. And we are willing to lay our lives down to fulfill the purpose that God has given us for this ministry. You see, you have to understand that what you have, many people paid a heavy price for. What you have been given, people have come and labored and labored and sweat and cried and and cheered and and hurted and ached and gave up comforts, gave up all kinds of things so that you could be sitting in that chair right now. So that you you could be where you're at right now. We need to be a people to understand this, that if God says, I have called you, and I have given you a plan, and I have given you purpose, and I have given you a future, and I have given you a hope, and I have given you destiny, you should be excited that you finally got it you got the clavel. you got everything right now in the palm of your hand that you need to do whatever your heart is desiring to do. You see, but a lot of times because we're stuck in the middle, we're stuck in that dryness. We're stuck right there in that place of change. Yeah, it's change. Because in the, in, 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 in the process of change, things get crazy. God begins to start dealing with you, bringing you to crossroads where you have to make decisions. Which way do I go? Hoping that you'll finally click in your hand, Lord, where do you want me to go? How many of you come to that crossroads and say, which way do I go? Hey, bro, come here, I got a problem. You know, uh, I got this, I come to this place in my life in a, you know, uh, uh, I need some help here. You know, I, I, I don't know what to do. You know, you think you could shed a little light? You know, you could, you could uh, uh, give me some kind of advice or kind of give me a, a, something that I need to do in order to make the, the right decisions. Yeah. Go pray. Go fast. Huh? I mean, yeah, I know I got to do all that, but, you know, can you give me something? Yeah, yeah go pray. Go fast. Get in your word. Start getting a hold of God. Start separating yourself. Turn the TV. Turn the stereos. And start concentrating on what God is saying to you tonight. Yas tiempo. It's time. It's time for you to stop. Fiddling around with your plans and hoping that God will bless you with your plans and hoping that he will co-sign what you want to do so that you can get on your merry way. God ain't going to do that. God ain't going to bless your plan. Because if you got your plan never worked. Huh? If your plan was so great, what are you doing here? If you had all the enchiladas and all the goods that you needed to do to get along with your life, what are you doing here? Why are you still here? Because you know and I know where you were going It wasn't working. You know and I know that the way that the world's telling you to go, you know for a fact that that ain't going to happen. But you haven't surrendered yet. You haven't surrendered yet. You know, because of these setbacks, frustration comes in. That's right. huh? That's right. Discontent comes in. All of a sudden, you're, you're getting edgy, you're getting fidgety, you get mad right away. All of a sudden, you're complaining instead of praying, you're complaining and murmuring, and, and you're backbiting, and you're talking about everybody under the sun. You're even having tacos a pastor on your days, of the, you're really mad. You see, you got to understand this, and I'm going to give you something that God gave me. You see, you don't lose your first love. You replace it with something else. Your first love is always there. The Lord has always said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you forever. For eternity. So why am I in this dryness? Because you're in a place where God is trying to get you to open your eyes and change certain habits and certain ways that you do things. So this way you can hear him and understand what thus saith the Lord is for your life. We want to launch out churches. I tell my church, I, I, I tell my church, don't think of yourself as a church. You are not a church. You're a base. You're a base. You're a base. You're a base because in bases things happen. There's always action taking place, training. Everybody knows what they got to do. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody's doing something in the base. They have a vision. They have a strategy. They have a plan. They have a mission. They got a commitment. They got a loyalty to see these things fulfilled when you're on a base. But when you're in a church, let's go have church. Yeah, but Monday's coming. Hey, let's go have church, but Monday's coming. What are we going to do Monday? Let's go to the movies. Let's go to the mall. It's my day of rest. No, Mondays are the pastor's days of rest. I don't know where everybody got on the bandwagon and say, well, Mondays are my free day. You ever hear that? Why don't, you have a, why don't you have a cell group on Monday? Oh, that's our free day, Pastor. I thought pre- free days were for the pastors because they, they labor Sunday. This is work right here. We're working. I'm sweating right now, believe it or not. This is work. We're working. We're working trying to get God's word across to you and infiltrate you and get into your, your, your membranes and your inbrains and whatever you got. This is work. You come up here and try talking to all these people. It's work. Hoping that you'll get across and that God's word will penetrate and and God's word will do some changing. Man, I hope that this message will get a hold of somebody and turn them around and and get them to that place where God wants them. So that the next time I see them, they're on fire for God they're taking off. Instead of still sitting there with that dumb look on their face. (laughs) Like, when is this going to be over? (laughs) When do we go home? When can I go eat? Taco truck closing in five minutes? They should have some popcorn in this place, man, or something. Huh? Soda, sir. Yeah, a guy walking around, wouldn't you like something to drink? Huh? People would like that. Can we help you? Would you like another soda, sir? Diet? are you okay? You need a pillow? How about a blankie? People are so looking for comfort. Well, Pastor, you don't know what we do during the week, man. We got to struggle. We got to fight and we got to labor and we got to do all these things. And and it's hard. Yeah, we know it's hard. We know it's hard because we jumped out of the frying pan and into the fire. So we know how hard it is. You see, we worked before, we had jobs before, we were doing what we had to do before. But we've seen the greater picture. We've seen the greater need. God saying, I need men and women to separate themselves and go into the cities and into the highways and into the byways and compel these people to come unto salvation, that I am come to set them free. And I have come to break the chains of bondage. And I've come to loosen the grips that the devil has on them. I've come to bring a healing within their lives. I've come to set them free so that they will be able to be delivered and know that I am God. And there is no other God before me. For I am the Alpha, the Omega. I am the beginning, the end. I am that I am. (laughs) To God be the glory. Man, I had to stay back there and stop the tears. Every time I get around the anointing. They call me crybaby at home. Oh, don't give the mic to Larry. He's going to cry. But that's okay. Because I told my pastor, the day I stop crying is the day I'm backslidden. The day I stop crying for what God has done in my life and appreciate the anointing of God within my life, that's the day I die. And I just go, besides, if I'm crying, the Holy Spirit's here, so that's a good sign. Yeah. God's not neglecting none of you. And God has put none of you on the shelf. God hasn't brought you this far just to bring you and then put you to the side and let you rot on the sidelines. Can you imagine if I feel this way about you, how much does God feel for you? If your pastor comes up here laboring Sunday on Sunday after Sunday, Fridays, whatever, Wednesday, whatever, and he's laboring and he's giving his heart, and he feels this way towards you, what does God feel about you? We don't have time. We don't have the luxury. Time is of the essence. Time is short. Time is running out. The world might not end tomorrow, but you might end tomorrow. God might say your time is required of you this day. There's no give me another chance. Wait a minute, Lord, I got a lot of unfinished business to do. Lord, I'm not ready to go yet. God, God, wait, wait, wait. No, Lord, no, no. See, because of the dryness in your life, you fail to realize that the day is going to come when your life is going to be required of you by God Almighty. People are so worried about the end of the world when you should be worried about how long do I got to go? How long do I got to run this race? Have I finished my course? Can I really say, like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race well. Now I'm ready to receive that crown. Can you say that? Can you really say that? Because I can't. I can't. There's a lot of unfinished business that's got to get done. Oakland needs Jesus. Hayward needs Jesus. Fremont needs Jesus. Richmond needs Jesus. San Francisco needs Jesus. Take a trip, go to Oakland, go to Hayward, go to Fremont, go to Richmond, go to San Francisco, go to San Rafael, go to Vacaville, go to all these places that are in the area, go to Santa Rosa, go to Stockton, go to all these places and see that there's still a great need. People are dying. People are going to hell in a basket. And we're worried about, did I get any Raider tickets yet? Has my check came in the mail yet? Well, that's my $300, you know. That's, that welfare check is mine. Where did it say I give it to the home? There were so many papers I signed that, that 300, that's mine. I never heard guys cry for $300 so much in my my. What's 300 bucks? What are you going to do with three? You wasted it in a half an hour. But other things are more important to us. Other things have caught our, our eyes. Other things have taken our love. Other things have grabbed the first fruits of what God has given us and we have changed it for something else. It's good to come and be blessed. It's good to have people pray over you. It's good to have people, but you should be doing the same thing. You should be laying hands on people. In the name of Jesus, silver and gold, have I none, but get up and pick up your bed and walk. You talk about talent. Just in this room, I wonder how much talent there is. There's probably people that can sing and act and, and do all kind of stuff, write plays, write books, do all kind. Man, there's beyond means, potential that has not even been tapped into yet. You guys are so worried about other things, and God is saying, what are you worried about? I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the mind of things that God has prepared for those who love him. You ain't seen nothing yet. The Bible says that Jesus says, hey, I have done great things, but greater things are you going to do than I. And he raised the dead, beloved. Oh, you know, I don't got it like that. I mean, you know, Pastor Larry, be real. It's a realistic here. You know, I mean, you know, I got faith, but come on now. Don't ask me to pray for them. Huh? Why not? Why can't you do what Benny Hinn does? Why can't you do what T.D. Jakes does? Why can't you do what Oral Roberts does? Nikki Cruz, why can't you be another Pastor Sonny Argonzoni? Why can't you? Can't be a Steve Panetta, can't be a Pastor Ed, can't, why not? That was their heart's desire. Yeah. That I decrease so that you may increase. That you be better and greater and stronger and mightier than I ever was. That you preach the great messages that I could never preach. It's your destiny, beloved. It's your calling, beloved it's your future It's not just for the youth gang yeah you guys that are 60 years old 70 years old maybe you think that you're over the hill I beg to differ Mm. (laughs) I'm right behind you I ain't finished yet (laughs) I ain't quitting yet I'm not gonna lay down and die I, I, I refuse I want to see miracles. I told God, I want to see somebody get out of a wheelchair and walk. I do. I want to see a blind man come and open his eyes and say, man, I can see. Why not? I want to see somebody come in crippled, man, and come up and all of a sudden their limbs begin to get straight. And all of a sudden, yeah, in your service, yeah, in your service. And guess what? You didn't even lay hands on them and they got healed. The anointing of God is that strong where all they got to do is just come by faith and the Bible says that you shall receive. No, I'm talking some big stuff here. Well, Pastor Larry, how come you ain't doing that? I am right now. But you just ain't receiving it. See, I'm pitching, but you ain't hitting. You're waiting for the right one. Huh? All the angels, swing, baby, swing. You're like, I'm waving, I'm waving, I'm waving. Huh? What God has given you, what God has handed to you, you know what? There is, the Bible says that your forefathers longed to be where you're at right now. You're the generation that is going to see. The heavens open up, the church come up in all its glory and revival come throughout the church like never before, where all you got to do is say Jesus and people will be healed. We've had speakers come conference after conference and tell us there's a revival that's coming. There's a revival that's gonna hit. There's a revival that's gonna come where people are gonna get healed. You know, all you gotta do is just say Jesus' name, and they're gonna get delivered and transformed right there in front of your eyes. And they're not gonna need the men's home. The men's home's gonna go out of business because they're gonna change right there. The men's home's gonna be obsolete. You got a mess? No, we don't have a mess home no more. <laughs> Why? Everybody gets delivered. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that? Victor already shutting their homes down. Why? Because nobody coming in the home no more. Everybody's going ready to get come to the altar and they're getting saved and bap, right on them, right there. It's like a transformation. One minute, they're this way, 360 degree, turning around, now they're walking the way God wants them to walk. Uh, Why not? What kind of a God do we serve? Because the God in my Bible says that He's a great God. He's a mighty God and there is no other God like Him. for He's great and mighty and awesome indeed. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why don't you step out? Why don't you step out in those rallies and just grab some wino and say, "Come here, be healed and of you. You're not a wino no more." <laughs> People are getting shot in my city. Gunshots every night. I have my house is on 88. Every night, three o'clock in the morning, blah, 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 and I'm praying God, please don't help me kill. God, please don't let another person die. Every single night, my dog, like he has a sense, that she has a sense to know, like she already sensed gunshots. And as soon as she starts going, the spirit is moving heavy in Oakland, but that's okay because God's moving greater. You know, okay. huh? God's moving greater. God is greater. He said, We're sin abound, grace abounds much more. Do you claim it? Do you stand on it? Do you stand on the promises of God, beloved? Do you stand on the power just looking at me like saying, okay, let's go. Another service. Come on, hurry up. Let's dance now. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to say, get up and answer your call. Get up and answer your call. And if you're in the dryness of change, pray. Because it's not over. God is just taking you to another level. He's trying to get you prepared for what's to come. He's trying to show you, listen, my son, what I have for you is far greater than you could ever imagine. What I have planned for you is far greater than you could even handle. What I have for you, no man, no woman has ever seen. And what I have for you, only you are going to do and only you are going to fulfill. So I am preparing you for a destiny, for a time such as this. That you will go forth and you will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Flying the banner of Victory Outreach. Good banner, a good tribe, strong tribe, a healthy tribe, only less than 50 years old, and we have already over 200 churches around the world. We're international, less than 50 years. I don't know if you realize the, the ministry that you're involved in, but in less than 50, I still have churches in Oakland that have been there almost 100 years, and they ain't moved. They ain't moved. They ain't done nothing. And they're over there claiming, yeah, we've been here 1,000 years, and we got 50,000 members. Man, there ain't even that many people saved in Oakland. Claiming they did this and claiming they did that, but yet the violence, the madness is still there. It's still there. It's still there. You see, your pastors have heavy jobs. Your pastors have heavy responsibilities, more than you can even imagine. You think they just sit there behind their desks and that's all they do all day? You think today they got it easy, oh, they're driving a nice car, and all. Oh, they got this, and oh, man, you know, they got it easy, man. They don't have to get up at 9 o'clock, or no, oh, you'd be surprised. Sometimes they don't even sleep. Sometimes they're like this all day, night, and long, man. God, help me to close my eyes. Shut my thinking, God, I don't want to think no more. I got to preach tomorrow, God. Always trying to do for the people. Always trying to make sure their churches are good and comfortable. Don't get them mad. Don't get them mad. They might not come back. Well, you know what? I hope you don't come back. We don't need you. We don't need you. For everyone that walks out that door, God brings five more. You don't need a big army to do things for God. All you need is 20 good men that are sold out or 10 good women that are sold out, dedicated, committed, and loyal. And you can flip the city upside down. Where it's never the same again. You see, you don't need a lot of people to shake up a city. All you need is the committed, the people that are on fire, the people who know their God. And serve a great and mighty God that's capable of doing great and mighty things. Miracles. Well, I wish God would do a miracle in my life. He's not. Because he wants to do miracles through your life. Did you hear me? Some of you are waiting for, I'm waiting for a miracle. I need a miracle. No, it's not going to come. It's not going to come. But say, God, do miracles through me. Let me be a channel of blessing, God. Use me so that I can help someone that needs to be touched by your spirit. You see, God, I know they can't see you, Jesus. And I know they can't see what I see, God. But through me, through me, Lord. They could see me, and let them see you in me, so that when they see me, they see you, and that they can glorify you, not me, but you, God. So work through me. Let the miracles flow through me. Let me be the channel of blessing. Stop asking for a Cadillac. Stop asking for a better job. Stop asking for brand new carpet and a brand new, uh, well, they said, that, you know, you're going to be blessed, you know, you got to ask, and, you know, I've been asking for a car and, and you know, I want a Cadillac and, and, and oh, you know, I'm going to pray, you know, God is faithful and I know God's going to bless me. And the devil blesses you. Oh, praise the Lord, God bless me. It wasn't God, it was the devil. The devil's hoping that you stay on that one-track mind and he keeps blessing you so that way you stay there, thinking that God is with you. And then when you get to before God, you're going to say, Lord, haven't I done this in your name, God? Haven't I done that? He's going to look at you and say, who are you? It's me, Filbert. You know, the one you gave the Cadillac to and the one that you gave the Raider tickets to and the one that you blessed with a brand new Cadillac and new clothes? Yeah. A lot of people going a rude awakening when that happens. All of a sudden, they're going to see two big angels come, one with a book and one with a mop. And they're going to stand by them. What are they for for? When you he hear the words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I know you not. That's what the mop is for, and the bucket. Because when you realize the time you wasted, because you were only worried about self. See, you don't lose your first love, you replace it. What has replaced your first love? Because, beloved, if that's you tonight, and this word was for you tonight, repent from the works that you're doing. Turn back to where you first began and do the works that you set out to do in the beginning. Don't sit there and think that everything is okay. See, that's when you know, when you go, hey, how's it going? Everything's okay. No, you're lying, man. Everything is not okay. You know it and I know it. But you got to search deep within your heart. And the Bible says, if you repent, if you repent, and turn from your wicked way. He says, I'll heal you. And I'll heal your land and everything you have. See, the blessing comes when you do the will of the Lord. Greatness comes when you do the work of the Lord. Men that do the work of the Lord have no need. They're content. They have everything, I have everything I need. If I was to sit back and say, you know what, I'm pretty blessed, you know, I got it all. I'm happy. If I was staying, with, staying content with my flesh. But I thank God I'm not content with my flesh. And I thank God that I look around in the spirit and say, Lord, I need spiritual breakthroughs in my church through the people to reach the city. Lord, we need men and women of God that will commit themselves. Doesn't matter what's in the way, but they'll give their heart and soul to you. It doesn't matter what's holding them back because they'll know that it's only a setback that's trying to hold them from what you have planned for them. For they know that if their trust lies in you, there's great and mighty things for those who trust the Lord. And those whose faith is in God. Stop settling for the dryness. Stop trying to get comfortable in the dryness. Stop trying to say that you've reached your pinnacle. You haven't. You haven't. Because if you have, this church would be popping. There would be no room in this place. We'd have to rent the Coliseum just for a united service because we wouldn't fit in any venue in the Bay Area. It wouldn't be big enough. Why not? That's been Pastor Steve's dream, Pastor Ed's dream. That's been my dream, been Stefan's dream. And I know Anthony's not far behind us. he probably said, let's do it, bro. Let's go. That's how big your God is. And that's how great your God wants to show the world He is through you. Through you. Through you comes deliverance. Through you comes change. And through you comes the blessings of God Almighty. As we stand tonight, My prayer tonight is that God spoke to you. And that your mind and your thinking has been exercised. You're changing your thinking. Your mind is being transformed and renewed right now. You see this thing that we do, United Services, When Stefan came up with the idea, I said, "Well, yeah, 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 let's let's do it. Well, okay, let's go. See what happens. This is our second one, and it's packed all the way to the back. And we shall have a goal to make it get bigger." did you hear me we need to make it get bigger while you're making noise in fremont you're making noise in hayward and we're making noise in oakland and they're making noise in san jose they're making noise in fremont and they're making noise in frisco and the beauty of it is is we're all proclaiming the same message So in your mind, what I want you to do in your mind is break that Hayward, Fremont, and Oakland wall down. Break it down. We're family. We are family. You're family. We need to brag about who we are. We need to walk proud of who we are. When you say Victory Outreach, you tell me we're all over this place. We're all over the place. We're in Southern California, Northern California. We're in the East Coast, the West Coast. We're in South America. We're in Africa. We're everywhere. We're not just a ministry. We are a movement. That's a strong word, man. You're a movement. You are an actual movement. You are an actual culture that is being developed under the banner of Victory Outreach. There is no one like you, but yet everybody wants to be like you. They steal your name. They steal your ideas. They do all kinds of stuff. That's okay. Don't get mad. After all, we're trailblazers. We're doing what nobody else wants to do. We're taking this whole thing to another level and to a new dimension and to a higher height. You see, right now, beloved, Victory Outreach ain't a secret anymore. People used to say, Victory who? You're from Victory who? Beloved, when government officials and presidents and kings know who Victory Outreach is, that's a heavy statement. So you need to walk You need to walk in your realm. You need to walk in the place that God is placing you. You need to walk and rise up from the ashes and begin to realize that you are more than a conqueror. That you are princesses and princes doing the work and the will of your heavenly Father who called you by name. Destiny is at your feet, destiny is at your hands, what are you going to do with it, what are you going to do with it? Another service, yeah it was a good service, make it a different, make it a proclamation, I want you from all over this place, if you hear what I'm talking about, (laughs) And you come out of your chair and you say, no more am I going to sit in the back seat. No more am I going to keep God from doing that work in my life. No more am I going to settle for second best when I know that God wants the very best. If that's you, I want you to come from all over this place and start claiming your destiny. Start claiming your rights. Start claiming what God has given you say lord i want what is mine god i want i want what you call me to be god i want to be able to know that i know that i know that what i have god that wasn't given to me by any man wasn't given to me by any person but was given to me by god almighty the Anointed that breaks the yoke of bondage, the power of the Holy Spirit that will come upon every person and begin to do great and mighty things. Come on, lift your hands up. Come on all over this place. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit fall on you right now. Hallelujah.
1: Come on, church.